All I ever ask is keep it eight more than 92 with me, 100. And it's time. Hello. Jordan. Hello. Yeah, hello to you, too. <laughs> I didn't know if that was a hello to me or if it was rhetorical. It was a hello to everyone. Hello to chat. Either way. Hello. Good to see you back in the white zone. That's not... In the... <laughs> 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 oh, my gosh. Did you just... We've been we've been on the pod for thirty seconds and we just got canceled. Thanks. <laughs> well, you know what? I don't. We don't have a name, a formal name for this white background, uh, but I guess we do now. <laughs> no, please. We cannot do this. <laughs> and we're both we wearing white shirts. We cannot call it the white too. zone. I'm wearing a bone shirt. Oh, thank you very much. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, I cannot believe you just said that. Oh, see, Darkuth wants his money back. Oh, this has been bad. All right, <clears throat> here we're well, gonna we're gonna start we're gonna start the stream over, everybody. All right, all let's right? try that again. Wrote, wrote you it know back. what? We're just we're just gonna start start again. All right, <clears throat> all right, Jordan. Three, two, one. Welcome to an uneventful episode of Hundred Talk. What's this Doing show? a weekend, guys. We're feeling grand. Yeah. Uh, is is this a white background or is it just me? <laughs> oh, dang it. Oh, dang. Boy, don't you know how much more comfortable I feel? <laughs> oh, Jordan. All right. Well, okay. all right. Now that we can't have a podcast anymore. <laughs> um, thanks to our sponsors. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oh gosh, Elgato for providing the lighting and the capture. <laughs> we appreciate you. And happy Fourth of July, everybody! Here's my tribute. Rip it, <laughs> because America. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe the start we just got off to. Genesis, thank you for being here. By the way, just yeah. a, a new guy. I'm sorry that this is your first impression of us. <laughs> that was horrible. It's not usually how All we start right. the show. But no, no, not at all. Okay. Week. Time to talk about uh, some LCS topics, right? Uh-huh. Yep. I can't, I can't focus anymore. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do this. Okay. Uh, all right. Whew. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. We had a very great weekend, everybody. Yes. It was fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Happy birthday, Sun Daddy. Happy birthday someday. I am I am back in my home setup. There's my home court. I have home court advantage, which is worth like, you know, a few percentage points on on the uh the the probabilities on the money lines. Mm. And uh it feels great because I Prophet Cole did not come through this weekend. I predicted the one and one because I thought surely we would lose the TL. What I forgot and what Jordan did not forget is he correctly predicted the two oh weekend. Um is that we actually now own Team Liquid. <laughs> we are actually the owners. It's not paid by Steve. It's paid by Thieves. There you go. I like it. They are, they are our team now. 
<clears throat> recently they haven't had super good luck against us and Jordan maybe after uh watching this game transpire which was a real banger a real barn burner ooh boy howdy. maybe it's cuz we beat them at their own dang game what what were your thoughts watching the uh, the 20 minute death drought <laughs> I mean okay look it's actually funny I usually I'll go back before we go live and I'll watch the the Kazaa LOL highlights you know shortened condensed version um of our games just to remind myself what happened and this one was it was three minutes and 41 seconds and i'm pretty sure that included draft you know like usually <laughs> though they're they're like seven minutes but the, the yeah. up until that first baron fight they were there were like two different clips and it was just the towers falling so um You're like what happened in this game <laughs> yeah look answer nothing i gotta tell you i didn't i didn't hate this game i didn't despise this game um, I didn't have a, a visceral reaction to it. I mean, it was a it was a slow, controlled, methodical uh, beating of TL. Like we got the dub, and if if I'm a neutral, is this the game that I'm glad I caught as compared to like the the EG CLG or whatever? I think that was it. No. Yes. I wouldn't have Dang. watched this one over that one, um, but from a fan's perspective. This is a huge win. Like this is a very quality win, and we did it in a way that felt it didn't feel dice rolly. You know, it wasn't like we just went out and gave it a great shot and saw what happened. Um, so I, I left that feeling pretty good. Yeah, isn't it interesting that it seemed to be one of the storylines of the entire weekend was like this game where nothing happened for twenty minutes and it was so boring and yeah. so bad. And it's like you know what? Like this is. We're in a new era now, right? And people who are stuck in the old ways can't see it because, like, look, if it's an LCK match that plays out this way, mm -hmm. people are proud of this. They're like, yeah, this oh. is the way League of Legends should be played. Master no mistake class. game. Yeah. You know, don't be, don't be, like, coin flippy with it, whatever. Yeah. Or even in our league, if it's a team like Team Liquid, people are like fine with this like, that's their play style yeah. you know S controlled confident play S style scaling. but when 100t does it is boring uh, right this team just hopeless pointless why watch cole yeah it's like it's what what is going to make these people happy i mean we know the answer is no nothing yes like nothing will make them happy it's not but look you if if you are hating on her to use for this game it's because you there's no other there's no other option it's just like bias and it's like i'm set in how i think about teams and leagues from the past yeah you know what i mean this this game was played it, yes it was not quite as interesting but it was played smartly and calculated and that's a kind of a big deal for us yeah because look we continued our pattern of having like kind of a significant deficit early on in this game right and yeah, I know like they had GP on their team or whatever, but it's like, it was like 23, 2400 gold, uh, kind of like, what was that? Like 10 minutes in, I think when I took that snapshot or something like it was, it was, uh, and I was like, I think it was more like 15 actually now that I look at it, but it was a significant gold deficit. And this is something that has been plaguing us, yeah. um, this split, but the difference is complete confidence in what we were doing 
and not straying from that plan. I mean, it wasn't sexy, but I'm proud of this win. Yeah. And it came against a quality opponent. Yep. TL, very good. Like, <clears throat> if you look at this game through the lens of like 100 Thieves discussion over the past little bit, it corrects a lot, a lot of what's wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, early, early game deficit, sure. But let's look at something like, say, Abadaga's matchup, yep. okay? So this, the story on Abadaga right now, right, is that his laning's weak and, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's really struggling. He's really having a bad split. So he goes up against the NA GOAT, right? Bjergsen, who, to my chagrin, has been playing excellent <laughs> since his return, right? Like, yeah. I, I did not think he would be this good. I just figure there's a, there's a point where you stop playing league as much, you come back, you're a little bit old, yeah, and it passes you by, but he has looked very, very good. And Abadaga and Bjergsen basically got off to like a, a, a lane marathon where... <laughs> They're CSing at incredibly high rates, you know? They're yeah. up like over 11 CS a minute during this game, and Abadaga, the weak laner, mm-hmm. <laughs> is sitting there keeping up with that and like not really having a problem. Well, I don't know, Cole, because I looked at the CS at one point, and it was 310 to 329. That's 19 CSD. That's almost, I don't know, a few hundred gold that he's down. <laughs> you know, it's he like- did, and he got, he got <laughs> counterpicked too, didn't he? Now that I think about it. Bjerg, or I think it was, I think Abadaga did. Abadaga got yeah. counterpicked. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he did? I believe. Oh. I, I think. Uh, let me pull that up while you keep saying yeah, what yeah. you were saying. Um, I, I wasn't really saying anything, but I'll say oh, something dang. now. I'll get, I'll, I'll get to something. Um, yeah, like this was the, uh, oh, I had <laughs> this thought. That pro to pro segment, you talk about like how everybody's talking about how his, his laning is. is ah, uh, yes. Boy, yes. was that uncomfortable. Uh. That was super uncomfortable. <laughs> so if you didn't see this, I didn't see it the, the first go around. But High has a new segment where he, it called pro to pro that they do in between matches. I like that segment to, in general. Yeah, I think it's a cool where, idea. Where, yeah, where they they look at plays on the Telestrator and High kind of asks them questions about the plays as they go. Yeah. Tosses in a couple other questions. And in this case, he asked a doozy. Um, <laughs> let me pull it up. Actually, I wrote this down. Uh, he basically said, like, the, all, the talk around you recently has been that your lane phase is very weak. Right. And you haven't been doing a good job in lane. And he, he said, do you have anything to say about that? Yeah. Silence. And he said, six seconds of he, silence. First of all, first of all, he was like, yeah, he was like, ma- he made kind of a shocked face at high. Yeah. So he definitely was not prepped for this uh, question. Didn't didn't think he's he gonna get hit with I, the. I don't care what people think about my laning. Yeah. And then he said, I know, I know, I'm going to do well. Right. And then it got real awkward after that because it, it was like, and then I was like, Are you sure you don't have anything else? <laughs> To say here, well, I got nothing else to say. Laning coming. If you got nothing you, else to say, should you? Maybe you can say something. So I feel a little <laughs> less bad about what I just said. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was a, an interesting segment. Yeah that that was very awkward. But Chad mentality from Abadaga, which you got to appreciate because this man, as we we talked about, 
you know, he's been the victim of focus and targeting from the other teams this split. They see that as a, a weakness, as a strategy to exploit. They've they've pressed on him. They've camped his lane in a lot of games. Mm-hmm. And he has not had a good split so far as a result until this weekend, you know, where he shakes it off. And like, if you don't have that kind of mentality, I'm not sure you can keep things together, you know, and, and maintain a high standard of play for yourself. Yeah. And he does. So even if you think it's weird for him to be like, no, I don't care what people say. I'm going to be good. Cause sometimes be like, all right, you're a little in denial, you know, about how things have gone so far. But nevertheless, he looked very good this weekend. Yeah. And would you, would you rather have someone be like, I don't know what's wrong with me? (laughs) You're right. It's really hard to play. I don't know why I'm here, you know? So kudos to him, man. Kudos to him for sticking through that. Yeah. You know, I think he, uh, he's had an interesting arc. Like I think back, he has been probably, um, like he went too hard in the paint. <laughs> if you think about that <laughs> interview where he was just letting everything fly, you know. Um, yeah, I think that, totally. That was a that was a a step probably too far. Um, and then I think he's also like, hey, he's had to eat some crow, and it's not. I don't think he's he doesn't seem worse for it. Like I think that's it's been all a, a part of the development of him. He's a young <clears> guy. I think it's easier to forget, you know, and and still relatively early in his career. So. Um, I think for me, the, the thing that matters the most and that I'm most encouraged to see is that he still is able to bring it at a very high level. And, um, you know, we see, we see glimpses of it, flashes of it in different games. Week one, the story was lane was rough. Team fight was great. You know, had some huge plays for us. I think week two, I think was more like that just wasn't great. <laughs> um, and then now this week, feels a lot more like okay this at his best he can still hang with anybody in lane and he can he can make plays that can turn a game whether that's defensively or i think he had some really good aggressive plays as well in oriana which um was awesome to see because that's a champion that uh is always relevant and for him to still be able to pull it out when it, it honestly it feels off meta right now i know that's kind of a silly thing to say about oriana but you're not seeing a ton of it um, I feel like I don't watch every league around the world every day, um, but it's not one that we've seen him play yet. So, you know, it was good to see that come back in this game for sure. Yeah. And <clears throat> lest we forget, this is what we were missing for so long with this team, right? Yep. Um, we seem to want to execute lots of things in other lanes in yep. previous iterations of this team, but we, ha- we struggled having a mid lane that was stable enough to enable us to do those things. Oh, you know, I got to make a couple points specific to just the, like the week to week progression here. And it's that there are actually a couple of plays that were very important where, and these were plays that we've seen him get caught out in a lot in the last split. And it's just plays around mid um, or at the start of a fight, he'll get caught in a bad position and he'll get killed. Um, And then we are, supremely disadvantaged for whatever follows right and in this game he actually has he is he's not even mispositioned so much he's just coming through river right like he's walking up river to mid and uh santorin sees him on udir starts chasing 
And then they, they pour everything into it, right? So you get a Hans flash over the wall. He ulties core forward. So it already at this point, yeah. they're committing tons to trying to get a pick on him. And then core also hits a flash ulti. So right there, they've blown so, so many cooldowns. And he lives. He just walks out of the whole fight. Um, you know, and the team backs him up, of course. But like he played it really well. And he had another one, a good escape, where he hit a reactive shockwave chunk somebody down to half health and just kind of strolled out so those are the kinds of plays where we've seen him be punished pretty bad um recently and so i thought it was uh, reassuring to see that he even in those situations it felt like oh this is he's learning he's making progress here uh, clearly he looked at some tape to see all right if i'm caught here like i think last week there was the azir play right where he just got caught he blew a stopwatch and it still wasn't enough time who he tried yeah. to, to jump forward on the tk to save him but he couldn't this just felt mm -hmm. like the complete flip side of that same coin where it's like, oh, and now we have the upper hand in the fight because they blew everything trying to get the kill. So, though, I, interestingly enough, <clears throat> I'm I'm thinking that who he'd use the uh, Lulu ult to ensure that he lived through that. But I could be. I don't think he did on that one because he used it. I think he used it right after on closer as he was spinning around. Oh, did he? OK, the cool. Then so, that's even better. Your I point know. is even more solid. There you go. Congratulations yeah. to you. you. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, and we knew how to play around that in this game too. Like everything we did, it seemed to be very sound, you know, um, the macro stuff was just way better. And like before the third Drake fight, for instance, I mean, like, look, you, you are on the verge of giving over three Drakes in a row to team liquid, you know, you can't, you don't want them on soul point that early. So what did they do? They took the second Herald. And they dropped it in mid lane like, I don't know, 10 to 15 seconds before the dragon spawned. Yeah. Cleared out the lane and let it roll. And you know what? Team Liquid had to make a choice and they, they chose to ignore that. Right. We moved right in. We won the fight. We, we got the dragon. I think we actually, if I'm remembering right, I think we got the dragon and then like Closer had some insane peel to keep everybody safe. Yeah. And, and we got out of there, like, in, out, job done. Meanwhile, Harold takes tier one turret and gets second charge on two. Right, yeah. Right? Yep, got a charge So on it's two. like, not only did we secure the dragon, even if we didn't secure the dragon in that, we would have punished them pretty heavily with that turret take and the second charge. Right. So it's like, very sound and good decision there. Very intentional with the timing. And then we saw them do like a, a very similar play later where it's like, all right, we have a calculated macro play. Um, this is, this is when they actually are like, they've already gotten their third dragon. So we're about to fight for soul. We, we started the Baron forced their TP out. Yeah, yep. And then it took them a while and we just kind of stayed on Baron. Yeah. Secured it. And then won a three to one fight. And then all of a sudden, guess what? The early lead that you had, it's gone. Right. And we have Baron and we're about to like go in and wreck you, yeah. you know? So that's not, we don't have the best reputation for stuff like that. Yeah. We've had points where our macro is good, but like usually we're not as calculated and strategic about things like that, especially against as Crockpot's putting on chat, a, a core JJ guided mm -hmm. team liquid team. Yeah. But dang, <laughs> it, it, it worked very well. Um, as you're pointing out, they t team liquid barely got anything done this game. Yeah. Yeah. So 
So, what was it? It's two kills, two kills and two, and two turrets, turrets taken. That's what they had to show for it. So, so yeah. let me tell you, you don't watch the game, and I tell you, we're up against TL competing for top, call it top three positioning, and we get the win, and it's, it's pretty close to, you know, it's two kills, two turrets. It's not a perfect game, but it's not far from a perfect game. Are you, are you happy with that outcome? Like, in what world do you feel like, eh, I don't really know if I like that. <laughs> like why why wouldn't you like that and because it wasn't fun it wasn't very exciting um it, <laughs> just to really drive this point home our, look at our team comp lulu oriana aphelios orin wukong i i'm not an analyst a league of legends analyst cole what does this team comp want to do it would like to team fight later in the game <laughs> when it can win and get objectives i'm just guessing you know i or i guess it could be a team comp that wants to fight at every opportunity it gets i mean we saw someday the week before you know he he had took three 1v1s in the top lane on orn so why not <laughs> but it's just like you 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 look like you don't get it both ways you don't get to pick a team comp that it has a better time to fight in the game and it's later in the game and then deride the team who has it for playing it to its strengths right it's not like oh it was pretty boring early i was like well, yeah you had a felios and you know like and then he hit an ult at one point in the game and he probably did three thousand damage and then the fight was over and the game was over that's what this team fight the team is supposed to do so personally i just don't get it why you would i mean if these t champions are in the game then i think you have to give a team a chance to play them the way we did because I would argue, and the results would say, I think we did a pretty good job of it. And we got a win, which is what we went out to do, you know? So I think the whole thing is silly. Um, you know, and then sometimes <laughs> we'll take Lushinami, and we're going to fight. We're going to fight a lot more, and we're going to fight a lot more often. Um, and that's cool, too, right? Because like, we also, or we'll take a Kali, and, you know, like, there are different versions of this. Um, but looking at this team comp and saying, well, boring team, what are they doing? I think you're missing the point, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and I think like it's, we're kind of coming from a place of whiny frustration, right? Because of how things have <clears throat> gone for us with like the podcasts that cover LCS and like the analyst desk and everything. Always. We're not usually the heralded team. Mm -mm. Um, of, of the, of the contenders, we're usually like the least favorite or least picked or whatever. I was listening to JLXP. Did you did you catch this segment? I think so. Where, yeah. where Jat was basically saying he's not con he's not convinced by Hundred Thieves because of the inconsistency. Yeah, it's like you know their their ups and their downs, and he's not convinced. And then Raz, like I'm like listening to Raz talk about what makes Team Liquid better than Hundred Thieves. <laughs> and he's he's basically describing the way that we just beat team liquid uh-huh yeah and that's what makes team liquid better than us that sounds right it's like that sounds it, and it, it's just kind of wild and look <laughs> both of those guys i love so much yeah they're great you know <clears throat> i've said that a hundred times but i'm just like it does feel a little a little strange mm -hmm. to hear the the analysis about how team liquid plays such like a controlled smart style you know, with, with high talent players and then have us just beat them in that very manner right before you did your podcast. 
So right. I it's just one of those things. You you're never given any credit until you win. As if you're not one of like the 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 heritage perennial brands. But even then, right? I mean, win what? Like what do we have to win at this point? Whether it's Look, we we <laughs> got lots of praise when we won LCS last year. Yeah. But we yeah, did yeah. indeed. So I guess one a question I'm asking. Winning a game against the team that is better than you. I'm doing air quotes. Um, isn't enough. You know, like what, how, at, at what consistency do we have to win the LCS for people to believe that this team is actually good? Dude, you don't even have to like make it LCS wide. Cause we're, it's 50% right I, I now. Don't... That's our rate. That's our win rate over the last two splits. And we're still <laughs> not 100% finals rate. <laughs> small sample yeah, size exactly. but look no 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 you don't even have to make it about the league just make it about team liquid i don't have the stats in front of me but the i think the last time we played team liquid i went into the record here are the here's the last like 18 months of us playing team liquid i have it yeah. we overwhelmingly beat them yeah it's like it's 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 not like this is a one-off game where we beat team liquid we beat them over and over again i think we have like a five and two uh, best of one record against them and do i if you even if you go back you just keep going back man. it may bear out <laughs> yeah but and and then you know you could include the fight if you include the playoffs like the final series uh-huh. where we three owed them embarrassingly yep. or we um reverse swept them last split you know it's like we we beat team liquid okay yeah like that's what we do now so I don't but i'm not sure j- <laughs> but i'm just not sure <laughs> but i'm not sure they're not but i feel like team liquid's better okay i'm done complaining i'm done being whiny about that i probably got some more left to do but i'll save it <laughs> well i'm taking my shirt and going going back in all right uh let's talk immortals let's do it okay happy birthday to someday we now have we now have a memorable legendary game for someday uh, on his birthday. Yeah. The Akali game. Just so, so good. What was in your heart when you saw that Akali was the pick for someday? Uh joy, glee. I I love I love watching high level Akali. I think it's one of the, the most fun champions to watch. It's the champion I play the most. Um just it's just a cool I understand people absolutely hate to play against it and i get it i understand why uh but man and he's good at it like he he's abadaga level a collie player i'm not not even kidding <laughs> like and yeah a shade of luck as any good a game has in it um leaving with probably sub 10 hp but man he was styling you could tell he was feeling himself it was good to watch on his dang birthday yeah when i when i saw the pick i was like Clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the someday carry thing, right, has been has been like a an ongoing constant topic yep. um, for for fans because over the years it's it's like looked like the solution when it wasn't the solution, and then it has not looked like the solution a couple times when it was the solution. Yep. So we can never really get on like solid ground with what we're supposed to do with somebody. So when he locked it in, it's like, all right, now we get to see, we get to see where he's at with that. Um, shouting out Raz one more time. Cause Raz said like, he wasn't sure if 
the someday carry thing was. Is that because Trindamir's the champion, yeah, or yeah. is it because someday? And then, you know, this game was uh, evidence in favor of someday. The guy has been playing so well for like a year now. Yep. And, I mean, I'm not. I. It's kind of weird. It, it kind of feels like he's in a an as good of a place as he's ever been on Hundred Thieves. Agreed. And he's been with the team literally the entire existence. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. he's had some very high highs. So yeah. he is just like, he's got to be, he's got to be the most reliable player in the LCS right now, right? I think so. Yeah. Is there like him and core JJ maybe? Yeah. I mean, if, if, you were to, if you were to average it over time, like there was that dip in reliability, but that was that it turned out to be truly an anomaly. Like, and then if you if you average it even longer, it's just a blip, um, because he is he is the guy. He just always let's, shows up. Let's not forget how he forces people out of the league. Goodbye Alfari. Goodbye Summit. <laughs> yeah. Goodbye Bwipo this year. Oh, are you predicting mm-hmm. a Bwipo departure? Maybe. Oh. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows? <laughs> Could be. Um. But yeah, so so congratulations to someday on the pop off. He finished. Where did he finish? He finished six zero and eight on the Akali, and it looked it felt like ten more kills than that. <laughs> honestly, with with how good it was, um, and it's against immortals. You're allowed to have fun doing that, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's honestly, I think that's a big part of it. Um, here's a couple highlights, right? We had the flash. We had the flash handshake from Huhi to make sure he lo- locked oh, up that double kill. Love that after that sick fight, and then the the one you mentioned where um, he gets two in the team fight and bot and barely gets out. Mm. And I look. like to I like to say it was calculated. His zonias during that was so good. Yeah. He and here's the thing, he had an E two ready. He could have gone back in and secured the, the triple kill. Um, he didn't because he's smart. But it, the way that play ended up going, he actually could have gone back in, got a kill, and survived, and still left. Yeah. <clears throat> but he, yeah. he's he's look, he's a wise player now, twenty six years old. He knows his team had his back. They're gonna clean up. No need to go back in. Uh, but he could have been seven on eight. <laughs> or I guess <laughs> that maybe dude seven is seven. Hey, seven on seven. Yeah. yeah. That dude is so good, and I'm so happy for him that he gets credit yeah. for that now. That's the one thing that he does get credit for is his level of play now. Oh, wait, they picked Inspired for Player of the Week again. <laughs> uh, Cole, his Saturday On his birthday! was so boring. He played Orn, Cole. You can't, you're immediately ineligible because Orn, as we know, can't get kills and can't be a, a, a threat on the rift. It's not possible. Sorry, how many kills did he have on Orn this week? <laughs> Sorry, what's that? Well, he had three? <laughs> three. He yeah, had three, more, oh, and five. More than TL had kills? Okay, sorry. We should... <laughs> he's so good at uh, Orn. He's so good at Orn. I think he's the best look, Orn in the league, no, no question. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And now, I don't want to hate on Inspire because Inspire has been playing yeah, really good. Well, but he already won it like a couple weeks ago and they played two like bottom of the barrel teams this week. You know what I mean? And, and on his birthday, someday popped off on the Akali. It's a narrative award in the first place, right? Yeah. 
Uh, actually, let's just let's launch this listener take from Graf because Graf was mad about this too. He, Graf says, "How many how many times can Inspired get MVP before it's acceptable to start a riot?" <laughs> 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 and and there was a there's a little bit of a back and forth in my mentions um, over this because I I retweeted Graf's thing about like doesn't make sense that Inspired got it over over someday. Look, and again, I just want to reiterate for everybody so they know we're being objective about this. I get Inspired was a deserving candidate. He is good. But again, it's a narrative for the story, for the fun kind of award, right? On his birthday, he completes the 2-0 weekend against better opposition, roughly the same game impact as Inspired, Mm -hmm. but against higher quality opponent. Give him the dang thing. When are we going? When, when is this going to happen? Summit won MVP after being ushered out of the split while Someday was popping off. And uh, <laughs> Someday did this. You know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh. When are, when are they going to learn? They won't. He'll, he'll, Nicole, need- when they finally start the, uh, the LCS Hall of Fame, he'll, be, he'll get 2% of the vote on the first ballot and then he'll, he'll be. He'll be dropped. He won't be a Hall of Famer. And then they'll, you know what they'll say? Played too much Orn. <laughs> Sorry. Ineligible. Oh my gosh. How many, but how many times did he win, Cole, the championship? Someday? Yeah, that's what they'll say. That's mm. what they'll say. How many rings? How many Only rings four? does he have? Okay. Sorry. Only seven? <laughs> <laughs> he was on that Sick Immortals team, right? Before 100 Thieves, too. I thought it was Dig. Wasn't it Dig? Was it Dig? Oh, my bad. Yeah, I might be trolling. Anyway, he's been good. First Bell Hall of Famer LCS. Let's go. Yep. Easy. Yeah, it was Dig. Okay, thanks. All right. Uh, back to our conversation. So we talked about someday. Happy birthday again for like the hundredth time. Abadaga. Just want to mention in passing again over 10 CS a minute great lane against somebody who hogs resources so bad that they took time to point that out on the broadcast. <laughs> They're like, you know, I'm power of evil. He's, you know, I don't want to say it harshly, but he's one of those players. That's uh, basically like, you better give me all your resources or else <laughs> openly said that. Yeah. Openly said that on the broadcast. And it's like, yeah, there's Abadaga. Just vibing. And, and POE, hold on, this was this match, right? Let me check my notes. That's what I do. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he got, POE got his lane reset like three times against Avadaga just, just to keep pace, right? And Avadaga was just vibing. Yeah. I loved it. Um, so I wanted to make sure we put that on the table for everybody who was saying Avadaga needs to be replaced. Yeah. He That's, clearly was like, all right, this week, I'm not going to lose lane. Yeah. He went in. Okay. Uh, and then I had a question for you. Okay. We have seen uh, some things from Closer. And what we are starting to see is some Wukong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about Closer Wukong? Does this belong like in his elite champion pool now? Like, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't love us picking Wukong when we first saw it. Mm-hmm. He is starting to like 
growing on you. He's starting to really look good on the Wukong, in my opinion. Yeah. No, I like it. How are you feeling about this? I like the champion. He's played, he's played four Wukong games out of the seven. Yeah. Um, he's won three of them. The, watching him peel off Team Liquid during that yeah. dragon fight was insane, but he also just seems to find the perfect team fight moments. Yeah. So is it like... I think... Lee Sin, Viego, Wukong, or is it Lee Sin, Viego, Wukong? I would, I would do... I'll, I'll offer you a tier first. I think it's in his top tier. I think it's in his top tier. And I, I consider Closer's top tier to be champions that don't diminish his ability to play at like a first team LCS level. Because he picks... I'm, I'm thinking about one. And he was played in this game. Thankfully, it wasn't us. Um, freaking Volibear. Like that is not a top tier closer champ. It's that the champion is not <laughs> deserving to be piloted by closer. Just to scratch it. Um, so I, it feels clearly different from that. I think like Udir as well is a champ. I don't think he plays it, but I would hate to see him on Udir. I just don't like it. It's not. I don't think Udir in general is good. In fact, when when um, when Santorin picked it, I made a note. I was like. I think this is going to be great for us. Yeah. I hope I'm not wrong, but I think it's going to be great for it. Udir just doesn't look convincing yet. And maybe it'll get there. Yeah. Maybe Udir will be a pick when people like get used to playing around it on pro stage more. But, but I, I think the reason I, I like Wukong for closer is it has, it has great gank pressure, right? With the, the, the kind of the cloak, call whatever you want. Like the, the more of the stealth aspect getting in. Mm-hmm. Um, the, for me, it's the insane team fight utility and, you know, some good damage potential on the board too. So it's, I think it's of those, right? Like Lee Sin, you can definitely make the argument that it has, but he's got very, you know, specific team fight utility. But we saw him yeah. use this Wukong so well where he, uh, you know, he, he just completely upended some of these team fights, like knock up on, three people twice in one team fight dealing some considerable damage. Like it just made it so much easier for us. So very different value proposition when you think about his skill set and what he can do, but I don't hate it. And I think when you, when you put it into a, a composition that's already geared toward team fighting, I think there's a lot to like. Yeah. To me, it feels like we can move this up into the, this belongs in his group of champions that he should play this split, you know? Yeah. And I'm cool with that because like, yeah, it just, I'm just confident in the way he uses it, which took me a while to get there because I kept noting when he plays Wukong, he gets like double scuttled like every time and yeah. he's always down like two, two and a half camps right? Um, in the first part of the game. But by golly, if he doesn't pull it off, you know, yeah. yep. I'm 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 good on that, and I, so now I'm fully in the like let's go camp when, when yeah. Wukong is picked for us. Whereas at the beginning of the split, that was definitely not the case. I mean, I remember when the split started. That was the conversations, very meta, right? Super powerful right now. So I think the other thing to like about it is it's a new champ that we were able to pick up and add pretty seamlessly into our overall strategy book. Yeah. Well, um, you had a note about play style in this game. Did you want to head there for a second before we wrap? Um, wrap games, I should say. I think um, 
for me, it feels like, oh, and, and this is kind of going back to the someday carry thing. Hey, look, we, we also just got to say, we haven't talked about FBI or Huhi at all um, throughout these two games. I thought they had great weekends. Um, I really, look, it was the Jinx of Helios show again, but yeah, again, Jinx of Helios, Jinx of Helios. <laughs> there's a reason uh, he looked great, FBI specifically, and then Huhi also was um, in fine form. It's probably less than they deserve, but I didn't want to not mention them at all. Um, yeah, sorry about that, guys. It's just, you know, yeah. lots of stuff happened this yeah. weekend. Like, they, they had a super clean weekend. And there's a lot to like, um, especially FBI basically winning the TL game with that ult that he hit right after leaving Berserk. Um, they, both, they both had one death weekends. That's a good weekend. That's what it's you like to weekend. see. Yep. That is. Boring. Uh, really boring, but one death is good. So, um, this is, uh, I just thought this is kind of another way to play. And it comes back to the someday carry thing. I think someday's carry mentality is I will be here if you need me, right? It's like you hit the someday <laughs> signal and I'm, I'm on it. You, some of his most memorable games are him just completely taking over a game. Um, and it's good that we don't have to have him do that every weekend because I think people start preparing for not that. And then he's like, oh, I got a pocket pick for that. Hit, hit me, hit me a collie, hit me Lucian. Let me just win this game by myself. Um, it's at the very least, it's good to continue to do that periodically so that teams can't completely forget about. And it's like, oh, don't worry about someday. He hasn't done that in two years. You know, it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> he can still do that at will um, when the kind of when the pieces all fall into place in the right way. Yeah. Um, so he's got it. And I just feel like gone in my mind is a conversation about um, or the question about can someday be our carry. I know he can. The thing that is, uh, I think, a more interesting question is like, what are the right circumstances for him to actually jump into that position? You know, um, he kind of feels like like, you know, you have that one like really great senior coworker who's like, <laughs> Their stuff is tight yeah. and you, you, you don't usually hear from them, but when you right. need to hear from them, they like deliver immediately, you know, right. Right. but it's like, they're so good and you try not to bother them. <laughs> you yes. know, that's kind of what he feels like to me. Yeah, exactly. Um, in fact, let me, let me pull up another take slash question <clears throat> while we're on this topic. Uh, Bama tide 88 says we ran someday one V five back in the day. It wasn't enough. Could we go back to someday 1v5 knowing the pieces around him are so much better at every position and the shot calling is improved? And I, when I read that, I was like, you know, I don't think we've taken on this question in this manner, but I, I really like the framing of it. It's like, look, we had the weapon ready to go yeah, back then, right, right. but like the rest of the, the, the facility wasn't running the yep. way it should. And now everything's like, now it's green online. light right yeah. <laughs> so maybe maybe now is the time yeah to run it back yeah you know, it's kind of like with the stream title tonight where it's like new old and improved it's like well we've got the new pieces around someday to play the old way the mm. old style yeah. that we like to play with him carrying and is that an improvement and I, you know obviously in this in this match it was so maybe you know reaper and the boys will see that result and be like huh yeah. Maybe we can do some more things here. I think absolutely. It's one that we sh I hope we continue to do it um, periodically. I don't want it like 
I don't want it to become our identity. You know, I, th- yeah. I look, I will stand by this. I think the best identity you can have is a strong team fighting team. I really do. Cause it's the, the game will always have five champions per side. Um, a lot can change to hit a position hard. The meta changes to the game, changes to the map, changes to TPs. Like all of that can change. What what seems to be the most reliable thing about League of Legends over the ca- the last five years since we've been watching is if you have uh, five players who are good and you get champions that work together, you've got a good shot at it. Yeah. And, you know, you don't have to look that far to see teams that have been built around a player. None of those teams are still built around that player, right? So those things tend to come and go more quickly as the meta changes. Um, but it sure doesn't hurt to be able to do that as needed. And I think that's how I'd run that one. Nice. That's a, that's a very measured take. Thank you. Uh, but Jordan, 100 Thieves is so boring that we should play this way all the time because that's the only way it's going to be interesting to people, right? we got to get those numbers back up for the LCS. Yeah. Come on. They're counting on us. Right. But as Militime's pointing on in chat, it's like now with this level of talent that we've had for the last, you know, three splits inclusive, uh, it's, we have more options. We're more flexible. Sure. There are more, and there are more solutions when we have problems, right? Right. I think that's an under under looked at thing too is like, you know, a lot of times we would have a certain problem and it's like, well, here are the available solutions. We don't qualify for most of them. (laughs) You know, now it's like we can rework things in a lot of ways, which is, is nice. So like how many of the solutions uh, were prerequisite strong mid laner, you know, and we're just like, yeah, let's just keep trying something, I guess. But Jordan Abadav is bad. Get rid of him. Trade him. We should trade him. You're right. You convinced me. I sh- look, look. Let's be let's be reasonable <laughs> and mature. Okay. About this, he looked bad. He looked bad at the beginning of the split. It, the eye test was not good. I yeah. know there are mitigating factors to that. We talked about how often he was camped. Eye test wise, though, it was still a little rough. If if he can stay at or near this level for us, I'm good. We're we're gonna win. I'm good. Yeah. Like we'll win the LCS. I'm I'm just gonna say that now. If he stays at or around this level, you can be you know you're not gonna have 12 CS per minute every game or whatever, right? But that's I'm a, I'm totally good with that. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. But if he is hitting at this level, who beats us in a best of five, best of seven, Either. best of five? <laughs> Let's just go to seven for the heck of it, so we can beat Team Liquid 4-0 instead of 3-0. <laughs> Uh, that's it. But yeah, I'll tell you what isn't right there, Cole. And it's the general conversation about hundred thieves. Nobody is thinking about us in the finals. And if I had to bet, if we keep playing like this, I think there's a very good chance we show up again. And then people will be surprised. They'll, they'll have to check their notes. Three finals in a row. What? Is that? <laughs> Do we have to admit it now? <laughs> um, a couple of people are referencing motivation for the team. Um, I'm going to hit that a little bit later. So stick yeah. around, stick around. Um, look, we, so we wrapped up the games. We wanted to make sure we sung the praises of Abadaga for this, this great week that he's had. Um, did you have any other general stuff you wanted to go over before we jump into takes? Um, I don't think so. I, I just, I just briefly, I'll just say, a lot of conversation out there about 
how our team isn't good. We've talked about this. We're boring to watch, you know, whatever, whatever. I just, I just can't shake this feeling that there are, it's almost like the majority of people who are in the league scene and who watch league regularly are rooting against it, which is so strange to me. Um, rooting against the LCS, the LCS and league in general, like, yeah. Um, would, would just, it's like the, the most, it's, I, mean, I don't know if it's schadenfreude or what, but it's like, Oh, they're just so bad. Yes. Oh, they're so bad at league. It's amazing. It's great. Um, and Riot can't make a good game. Yes. So I don't know, man. It, but I, I've, I've been enjoying watching League of Legends. And I know it's not a popular opinion to have right now, but I think it's a cool game and I still like to watch it. And I think we're pretty good. And uh, so I will say I'm excited to see. And I, I said this a couple of weeks ago, maybe last week. I think the, the, uh, the durability patch, if that's what we're calling it still, is like I'm still favorable on it overall um i think it gives chance for people to actually play a little bit more of a team game um so you know just just want to put that out there that uh it does feel like sometimes the the conversation turns towards just like wallowing in the it's the bad feelings and i think we are so often part of that that it's hard to separate it from conversation about us you know yeah yeah like we as in hundred thieves are part of that and and it's really annoying because it, I guess it's just what happens when you have immature people who build followings around being critical and pessimistic and whatever. Yep. And look, there is absolutely nothing wrong with bringing up weaknesses in teams and how they play and pointing out where they need to improve. Nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, listening to some of these guys like do you not get tired of hearing yourself just complain about things or like say oh that's so bad it's so bad it's so bad all the time like do you you honestly like that satisfies you that gives you the dopamine hit you're after because that's crazy to me and i watched um i watched some of the face check episode that Degon did for g4 tv g4 youtube uh with with ls and uh and I will dominate. And I was like, dang, these guys are so annoying to listen to for like more than a minute because all it's like, oh, yeah, they're bad. They're so bad, man. This league is bad and they play bad and the champs are bad and the items are bad and the players are bad and the league is bad. So it's all bad. And I just, it's like, dang. Yeah. The, and, and I was thinking like, there is a difference. So, so, we always talk about like, you know, oh, the LCS, it always seems like it's kind of in trouble. Always seems like viewership's kind of down. You know, how do we build it up? How do we do this? So these same people discuss these questions yeah, as if they're not actively tearing down what's being built all the time. Right. Okay. And I realize there is a difference. In, I, I, I do what I always do and I compare it to traditional sports. Yes. And I was thinking about like college football and NFL. So college football is huge and, and loved by many. It's not the NFL, which is like the most popular league in the United States by a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it's not a contest on popularity. Right. But college football is really big. The national championship for, um, for college football rates very highly. Right. Yep. Um, 
The difference is when people talk about college football and analyze college football, they don't consistently talk about how bad it is compared to the NFL. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're not always ripping it to shreds. They're just focusing on within the context of the league, how things are going. Right. Yep. And it's like if the NFL is like the LCK or the LPL and the LCS is college league, it's like, look, then just don't spend all of your time ripping it down. It clearly affects the players. I'm going to say that forever. Yeah. Like, if you are an, a 17, 18-year-old player from NA, and you're going to Worlds, like, it's, you're going to be a really rare person who's not, like, going to perform under pressure and, and have the yips a little bit. Um. I thought we saw that from Danny, you know, yeah. at MSI. Right. So it's like you're in everybody's heads because all they ever do is watch former pros and, and popular, popular analysts, content creators talk about how bad the league they're playing in is right. constantly. And when we look at it, we're looking at a difference of like 1%, you know, between the leagues. That difference does end up being meaningful when you extrapolate it and you know, you play out the games and stuff, but it's not like it's night and day, like totally different and they're, they're can never compare the two or whatever. Like, you know, it's just like, stop spending all of your time ripping this down. If you're going to care about it. Yeah. I'm so tired of this. I think it's a couple thoughts. I do think that there is like an, uh, a perverse relation between the the fact that this is um the algorithm encourages and like the i'm sure that their views are better i mean i think the video you're talking about like the headline was about tsm why because that's what people click on that's what people want to watch so and and by the way the quote of the headline was no one cares about tsm content anymore yeah so that like look i get it it's a game you have to play the game they're in they're in this right in a way that we're not certainly like we have no skin in the game we're yeah we don't we don't depend on this for our livelihood i get it it's totally different and that's fine i can respect that you've got to find ways to get people to watch your stuff and the the numbers look if league numbers are down guarantee they're feeling that right if there are fewer people watching league of legends the game there are fewer people watching League of Legends content. It's just, that's how, it has to be how it is. I'm, I'm sure that that is something they're experiencing too. Um, but I agree with you. The thing that, here's, here's a, a couple thoughts. One, and we may never know if this would actually play out this way. If the West, I'll just say the West broadly, uh, but uh, no, I'll be more specific. If the, if the LCS ever won MSI or Worlds, the very first thing they would say is, weak competition this year you know this is more commentary on the the other teams and you know how i know this by the way because this is what people said when we won <laughs> it <laughs> you know and it and like how quickly we went back to irrelevant team doesn't matter boring to watch not very good that would that's what would happen we would it would it, nothing would change none of this would validate the lcs we would still be everyone's most favorite hated league and it wouldn't matter so it won't change. It won't change. Um, maybe if we win it like four or five times, you know, if we hit 
if we hit like LCK, but I guarantee even then it'd be like, I just, I just don't understand how Korea could fall off this way. It's not because we're good. It's because it's gotta be because other people are bad. Um, yeah. Another thing. And that's, uh, did I lose it? Mm, <laughs> maybe I have, I don't know. Sorry. It's just a, it's just the, a bummer. Yeah, it is a big bummer. And I just wish again, I'll, I'll say it again. Like, you can't profess to want to build something up if you, uh, if all you do is tear it down. Yeah. So if you are, you know, one of these creators or these analysts or former pros, whatever, try laying some bricks instead of like disassembling, you know? Yep. Drives me insane. Okay. So you know what? Maybe you see that hundred talk that's right in the middle here. Maybe yeah. I just replace that with a cloud during that kind of segment and we can do old man yells at cloud. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> for the, there you go. <laughs> for the thing. <laughs> I think we'll I think I'll have to do that in a future episode of the pod. Yep. Um okay. Let's uh let's let's plow through the rest of these listener takes then. Yep. Uh Mont says it seems like and Mont, by the way, Mont is often first because he responds to like my call for takes within like two minutes. He's got him ready. Uh, he says, it seems like we took all the people saying Hunter T has no macro or can't play late game to heart. And now we are a full late game team rather than our explosive early game style that we used to have. And to kind of like combine that with um, a take from BC, he asks, is it too, is it 2018 again? Hundred T are eighth in early game rating and first in mid late rating according to Oracle's elixir. And BCS has time reverted to a time when hundred T were just the late game scaling team and winning on macro is Abadaga re reincarnated. Find out soon on our next episode of hundred talk pod. <laughs> he should have said hundred T talk pod, but yeah. We'll give um, a pass. Yeah. It's I, I so going back to the takes, I'm not, I don't think that this team changes what they're doing or what their approach is based on, what is being said about them. But I do think that they get the chip on their shoulder from it. Right. Like, I don't think like, I don't think Reaper and Papa Smithy are like browsing the Reddit takes and be like, you know what? They're right. Why don't we focus on this instead? You know, I, so I don't think it's like that they're changing in response to anything, but maybe they've just found that on this patch with this configuration with these champions, playing late game is a little bit better for us. Mm-hmm. We clearly are sacking the early game pretty often. Like we c- are continuously down 1500, 2500 in the yeah, early game right. against whatever opponent, basically <laughs> immortals was a little bit different, but that is immortals. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't even have a fire alarm to bear them out, bear, bail them out uh, <laughs> this week. So I don't know, but it does feel like 2018 it does feel like 2018 in a way, if we're going to continue to win like this, uh, anything else or should we run to the next one? Um, I had something again. I've just keep going. It'll come back to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well then let's tangentially take this one from Ziak who, who asked this in chat. He said, do you guys think hundred T honestly does have a motivation problem? Because I do notice we tend to step it up towards playoffs or when our team is being criticized. And that I think is connected to JLXP again, when Jat was bringing this up that he thinks that the guys need to have a chip on their shoulder to play well, when maybe you would expect them to be able to always approach their 
practice and play with a certain intensity and seriousness. Yeah. Um, this reminds me of it. my take too, from my reaction to the last one. It's related to this too. Um, I think there's actually something pretty interesting going on with the team. So it goes back to this conversation from last split around. We took some time, like we took our foot off the gas pedal a little bit. Um, I do think that the the team, the sense I'm getting is that they are less concerned about the the results of an individual game than everyone else. And if it, it almost feels weird to say that when there there's yeah. just not that many games in the split. Um, but this feels this is starting to feel more consistent um, than not which is i th- i think look l- league is grueling and i think the the pro lifestyle is grueling and a lot of the players don't really take time off right if you're not scrimming yeah. or having a stage day you're grinding solo queue like it's just a lot it's a lot and um I, th- I don't think it's realistic to expect that a team or a player can play at that level consistently endlessly. It's just not, it's not humanly possible. So what are your options? You either, and, and I think a lo- most, I think all teams basically haven't f- figured this out. I'm not claiming that we have, but I think there's something interesting going on with us that I don't see other teams doing. What's the average number of splits for a player to be on a team? It has to be right. less than three, right? And I don't know what the number actually is, but it's it's not a lot. Um, so the fact that we've had the same players now on one team, not just a player on a team, but the same five players on a team for now, was three. This is our third split as the same squad, right? Um. That's pretty remarkable. That's very different. And what I think is going on is I think they're just playing the longer game. Like I think they realize, hey, look, guys, we, you don't have to win every game. You don't have to win every game to accomplish your objective here. We want to hang banners. We want to compete on the international stage. So we're going to do what we can to, to accomplish that. But that doesn't mean that if we lose to Dignitas, two times out of three or three out of four, whatever it ended up being, that we can't also accomplish our goal. I don't think we beat them last split at all. <laughs> I think. Right. So, you know, like maybe that's, maybe that's a little bit of what's going on here, which is we, we have to show up. We're committed to getting results for the organization. We are not going to burn you guys out in the next two splits and then churn through our next set of players. Like that's not the idea. That's kind of how it feels to me. Who knows if that's actually it? But when I hear stuff like they don't have the motivation, motivation to do what? Because we've been in, we we hung a banner and we were in finals. So, you know, I don't know what what motivation we were lacking those two times. I mean, I guess you could say we didn't win the second finals, but it's hard to win every one you go to. So it's like on average, they have the right level of motivation. And maybe from week to week, it feels like this is lower than we would expect, but that's, it's been fine, you know, in, in a strange sense, it's literally been fine. And that's, I think that's noteworthy. Yeah. I think like, I think maybe the only thing I would add to this is a similar 
which I think, by the way, you did great. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to like make any points that you made because that you did. I I really like your opinion on that. Um, but I would say it's similar to the question we had, I think from Mont last week about Abadaga and the Gucci photos and like losing Mm -hmm. motivation and just focus on the wrong things. I don't think it's generally productive to criticize a player's motivation and doing so when you don't know what's in the player's head too, is like, especially off to me. Yeah. And I think it may, it ends up making us look foolish more often than not, you know, um, the player has gotten to where they've gotten, which you need to be, you need to have like an unbelievable amount of motivation to do. Right. Okay. And I get the, I get the urge to criticize that because like I said last week, it can feel annoying when someone's sucking to, <laughs> to see them celebrating themselves right. on social media or whatever. <laughs> right. Like right. it's like a player on your team is like, Hey, you're actually like trash right now. So can we not use this week to be like, look how awesome my outfit is. Right. You know, like I, (laughs) I get that urge and the same thing with motivation. It's, it's rough to, it's rough to see people who are not performing well and then to not like see them being Kobe and getting in the gym at 4am or whatever. Right. Right. Nevertheless, we're usually wrong about that. And I don't think, I think in like 99% of cases, it's very unwise to question a player's motivation. Yep. In our case, questioning motivation of this team seems to just produce higher results anyway. So (laughs) if you want us to get better then you know, go ahead. So I think like what management of this team has showed over the past two splits is that it's cool guys. We will get you there and we'll be in contender shape by the time we're there. Right. So just have a little faith. Um, <clears throat> does that mean we're going to win every split? No, no, of course not. But we've shown we're only going to win 80% of them. <laughs> right. And that's frankly unacceptable. Cole. I just can't yeah. stomach that. Oh, uh, well ask LeBron how he feels. <laughs> uh, I think we've got two more kind of topics though. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of combine two takes um, to each other. So Raleigh Davis, uh, said what needs to happen for Ava to get back to his dominant play style, better draft meta shift team strategy, team strategy, mental reset. I like seeing him keep the CS gap close compared to previous weeks. Obviously the TL game was not super playmaking heavy, but he came through and helped make it happen. Um, and then JC on the other side of this, well, maybe not on the other side, but kind of, yeah. you know, viewing it a bit differently says Abadaga haters mysteriously absent this weekend. Lurking in the shadows, waiting to pounce on him the next time he gets three man ganked 11 times, which is hilarious. <laughs> that's great. That's a good And t- it feels to me that's that's what resonates and feels <laughs> true. Uh, so I think with with Raleigh Davis, you know, asking about what needs to happen for him to get back, like. I think just I think we just need to get there. I'm not particularly worried about him seeing the response to the slow start. Mm-hmm. Um, if this is a blip on the radar for like, you know, and then we we go back to having like a rough three weeks, I might be frustrated, but I'm still going to be like, fine going into playoffs. Um, if the meta shifts 
I feel like that's only going to improve things. I don't think it's, I, I don't think that there's a downside to the meta shift as far as Abadaga is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the team comes together with, with time. I, th- I, th- I just think this is what this team is. It's just like a take your time team and, and get ready for, you know, when it's time to flip the switch. So I'm not, I'm not calling for anything drastic or big when it comes to Abadaga. I think he's going to be just fine. Yeah, I, I um, agree. And then final question. This is a good one from Joseph Ferlenza, who says, what does this team need to do to be able to beat EG in a series and have international success? Worlds last year, we were much more explosive as a team. Summer, we are slower, more methodical. Nobody is playing particularly bad, but it seems someday paired with closer is still our best combo. Hmm. So I think that it's like, you know, we got clapped in finals versus EG. Yep. We don't appear to be drastically different as a team, but if we want to beat EG and then like thrive internationally, what changes need to need to happen or what simply needs to fall in place for us to get there. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to? Um, I'll, I'll just go first and I'll say, I think it, I think it does come back. Like the most immediate thing is EG. And I think if we can have, this is basically just a repackaging of what you said earlier. If Abadaga can step up and play at the level that we know he can, I think we, we have, you know, we can beat them on any given day in a best of five. Um, like, I do think and it's We that. have beaten EG in a best of five before. Let's not forget that. Yeah. Were they the same? They were a different look at that point. It was Jazuke. Yeah. Right? During that time. But yeah. I like, you know, the whole play around Danny thing. It, it's, it's kind of been that way. Mm-hmm. I'm not like EG just peaked incredibly well at exactly the right time and had a groundswell support, which made the victory look even better. I view it more of like a blip on our radar. Like we, we dropped the ball for a bit, mm-hmm. but I don't think like EG owns us or anything like that. I think if, if we get another best of five matchup, it's going to be very competitive and we have as good of a shot to win it as they do. Yeah. I think so if, as, if we are playing at the level, it's like we have to peak or maybe not even peak, but we just can't be slumping, which yes, you know, like I don't, I don't think we have to necessarily be which, at, at sweeping TL levels to have a chance. Um, in the finals, but you know, certainly we have to be playing above. Like EG's really good. That was not a fluke. They're really good, and it mm-hmm. would be it will be hard to beat them if that's who we run into again. And I think that if we have Abadaga performing at the level that he can, then we have a good chance. Yeah. So said another way, I I have a hard time feeling like EG can get, can be better than when we last right, played right, them right, right. in finals. Yep. And then, um, yeah. honestly, I think it probably all revolves around Abadaga. If Abadaga plays, you know, uh, at eight and a half out of 10 on his, you know, on his potential scale or above, I think we can beat EG in a series. Yep. And we saw, we got a glimpse of like greatness when we played at Worlds and beat EDG in a game that mattered to them because of seeding. Uh, it wasn't like a, a make or break game, but it mattered. Mm-hmm. And I think most importantly, as I've said before, that that our own players saw that something like that is possible. And it's the same set of guys. And I think if you get this team to Worlds again, 
they are going to be very, very hungry mm-hmm. because they don't want to leave anything on the table. I think they feel like they left something on the table last time and they were in a group with T1 and EDG. Right. <laughs> so, <clears throat> you know, as, as, long as, as long as we follow the same kind of trajectory as we have in the past two splits, I, I think it's very possible for us to do something like get out of groups at Worlds. Yeah. So, and, and one vision just said, if Abba plays at an eight out of ten, we can beat literally anyone. And oftentimes that word is not used literally, but this is true because we beat EDG. So I like to remind people periodically that this team can play at literally the highest level of World League of Legends um, at their very best. So it's you know it's this is not a different team. We haven't changed things where we'd say, well. If this person can do what he did, you know, that's always a, a, a big reach. This isn't that. These are the same five guys who were there and who beat EDG. Um, so can we beat evil geniuses? Yeah, for sure. Things have to happen right uh, for us to do that, because obviously we couldn't last time we faced them, uh, and that was post-EDG too. But it's certainly possible. Yeah. All right, well... Um... Next week, we don't have games. There's an off week. It is a break week, and we get to do something different, which we will be announcing later this week. But oh, yay. Keep the, keep the normal pod time open because there will be something to watch, and we will tell you more later this week. Um, following week, though, we play FlyQuest and CLG. Both tied for fourth place at four and three. That's a spicy CLG, white hot start. Maybe, you know, a little tougher in this past week. FlyQuest, I think, has looked very good and has just fumbled the bag at times. Mm -hmm. Where are we at with these? Do you think we take down FlyQuest? Flight check crew, you listening? Yeah. Um, Look, I think FlyQuest is looking good. And... That's they, they they've got a lot to be excited about. I'm happy for those guys for sure. Um I think we can beat them. I think we can beat them. I think the I think it'll be close. Um and I wouldn't be shocked if we don't beat them. And nor will I I say we are we should be cause for great concern. Uh, but I think we can. I think someday could be the X Factor again. Um I just think he's he's been feasting. And, you know, even if he gets Orn duty, we've seen it. That doesn't mean that he can't take over a game, basically, once it gets to the uh, the crucial stages. So I'm going to say it. So you're going to say it's a dub for us, right? Yep. I like it. Um, yeah, look, I don't mean to be dismissive about the someday thing, especially because Philip has looked good at times. Mm-hmm. But it is Philip. <laughs> And in, into someday, I you know so he's got a ways to go. Hard for me to see that someday. Yeah. Here's what I'll say: like again, FlyQuest has played very very well. I I guess I'm guilty of the same thing I was criticizing other people of when you know it's like they don't give us our credit because we're not a heritage team. But to me, FlyQuest just strikes me as a team that's punching above their weight right now. Yeah. And Takui, I think, has been really good. Yeah. I think he's really good. Jose Diodo, I think, looks better in this split than he has probably to this point in LCS. I mean, 
Johnson and Afro are a dangerous pair too. So they are, but they're like, aren't they like the great value FBI who <laughs> at this point? Uh, it, I don't know. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm yeah. not saying they're bad, but aren't they, aren't they just kind of like Look, a lesser version of it? Or maybe it's like we are the Lexus and they're the Toyota. Could be. Maybe that's a more respectful way to put it. Tell me though, that watching the Johnson games on Twitch, you didn't get bad Danny flashbacks, you know? Or watching, uh, gosh, was it against C9 that they totally went off in that bot lane? Yeah. Like, yeah, they looked incredible, but I don't think they're consistent enough to do that all the time. So FlyQuest strikes me as as a very solid team, but not, they're, they've been punching above their weight. Uh, and they, they tend to make mistakes in the second half of the game. Guess what? That's when we are literally the strongest team in the league. That's so. true. I don't see them beating us, even though I want to be respectful of them be, and give them their credit. It just doesn't. It doesn't seem in the cards to me. That's a good point. So then CLG. The, I guess they're also budget under thieves with, <laughs> with some of the players on their team. Uh, we have some intimate knowledge of them. Yeah, they got where, smacked, where are you going with them? Smacked by TL. Um, I think, unfortunately, I really like CLG. I will never root for them over us, obviously. I root for them when they're not playing against us. Um, yeah, they're, I think they're my second team to root for right now. I think, unfortunately, they started hot and are cooling, and I think that, that cooling trend continues. Um, I think we beat them. Yeah. I, again, not to be disrespectful, but it kind of feels similar. It's like, how far are you going to get with Dokla as your top laner? Right, he may have his his moments and stuff, but it's like, can he really keep it up long enough to like? I, I wish he keep would. CLG yeah. in that top yeah. four. I'd love to see him. Continue seems to slap seems people. like a lot. <laughs> Luger and Poom, I love yep. and will always love, and they look good at times. But you know, they they definitely have their weaknesses too. Um, and then contracts is kind of a kind of a roll of the dice sometimes He's pretty with bad. how he plays because it's an all or nothing kind yep. of proposition when he plays. So I, I think assuming that this off week doesn't totally throw off our rhythm and our preparation, I'm still feeling heavily in our favor mm -hmm. for CLG, uh, more so than against FlyQuest, for instance. So I, I guess we're both going to go 2-0 for two weekends from now. Yep. I will say. And that's a good place to be. And I'm not backing away from my 2-0, but I could absolutely <laughs> see, I think if, if FlyQuest is going to beat us, I think Tukui would would have a great game, and the Johnson show, Johnson Afro show, just continues. And then for CLG, I think if they're going to beat us, it's got to be. Uh, actually, I don't know. I, I feel like oh, this is what it would be. <laughs> this is what it would be. For he goes. CLG. It's got to be. Uh, no, they're not going to be. No, it would be uh, something very meta forward, right? I think that would mm -hmm. have to be bongo CLG's comp thing. returns, right? Exactly. Yeah. Something like that. And you know what? With what we drafted against Immortals, it's like I don't feel like that's really going to happen either. Yeah, we've got Bongo it, insurance. It felt we got our our comp felt more forward thinking, you know, yeah. than like Immortals. For instance, Immortals, Gwen Valbir, Victor, Zeri, Nautilus. That's like a last split comp, you know. Yeah, we had a Kali, Wukong, Corky, Jinx, Renata. It's like not totally the newest and greatest of everything, but like you know, yeah. solidly in the present moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're going to so. bring out the, the Zach. They're going to have 
who was it? I saw some some wild support pick recently. Do you remember that game? Oh, what was it? it was yes, like a, it wasn't just a marksman, like a straight. What was it? I can't remember. Yeah, but and we've also didn't. seen like Swain played yes, in support. It's Swain go, but it was. I'm thinking of a different. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm thinking of a different one. Yeah. Where I was like, wait, what? Yeah. That's it. But anyway, <laughs> Yasuo. That's what it, it was. It was, yeah. like, was it Ole on Yasuo? I think oh, it was. Oh gosh, I don't want to spend our time looking Thanks, it up. Andres. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, two zero. Book it. All right. Prophets have spoken. <laughs> oh, the prophets have been promoted. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, again keep your keep your weekly hundred talk appointment open for Monday night. Um, I think it'll, in a couple of days we'll say what we're doing and I'm very excited about it. It's something we have not done before. It's something that can, it's probably going to be a little crazy, a little out of control, but it should be a lot of fun. So, yep. Uh, very much looking forward to it. Subathon. Here we go. <laughs> oh, no, not, not that 24 hour subathon. <laughs> I'm going to, it's, I'm just going to leave the stream up and it's going to look like this. <laughs> But the sounds of your family in the background, you know? Trust me, guys. I'm sleeping right now. <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay. So that'll do it for us. And as always, we say we love you and we miss you already. Take care. All I ever asked is 